0: don't think consumers differentiate between 85, 95 and 90. People only differentiate
1: between zero and 100. At the top, there's only room for one, right? I believe in India, 80% of celebrity usage in advertising that I see is not thought. Creating is easy. What to create is a million dollar question.
0: Hi. You're listening to Marketing with Bani, in which I speak to marketing gurus. Together we decode how marketing works in the real world to grow your business.
2: India has been a global leader in creating interoperable systems. And UPI is the biggest example of this. India is now leading the charge in making e-commerce interoperable. How e-commerce works today is that each e-commerce business owns the entire value chain of a transaction. But ONDC, or Open Network for Digital Commerce, proposes to make a platform in which different players can own different parts of the value chain. The buyer could be browsing on one app, the seller could be using another app to list their products, and the logistics could be handled through a third app. This episode is a deep dive into this revolutionary technology. Vani interviews Shirish Soshi, captain of the ONDC ship and industry leader. Shirish comes with over 22 years of experience in large MNCs. He has previously led strategy at PepsiCo and has also been the COO for Godrej. Listen on to a masterclass on all things ONDC. So, Shirish, thank you so much for
0: being here. And... uh... The first question to you, of course, is the most obvious one. We've been seeing a lot of ONDC in the news everywhere. Tell me, what is ONDC? The long form and then what does it mean? Just help us understand what is this ONDC platform?
1: Sure. So the letters ONDC stand for Open Network for Digital Commerce. Okay. And this is a public infrastructure being created to allow anywhere, anyone anywhere who wants to buy something, to buy from anyone who is selling that item or that service. So it is really trying to create a network where Mm -hmm. all buyers and all sellers are present in a single network and they're able to seamlessly transact with each other. This is a departure from how e-commerce takes place today. Today e-commerce takes place platform by platform. So the buyer and the seller both have to be registered in that platform in order to be able to buy that respective product or service. Hmm. So, we so we go to one application, for example, to book taxis. We go to another application to order food. We go to a third application to buy our flight tickets. We go to a fourth application to buy T-shirts. So, each platform has determined their play arena, uh, right. when, what goods or services they will operate in. They accumulate providers of that particular set of goods and services. And they also accumulate buyers uh, of those services. And each commercial activity takes place for that particular good or service inside that platform. There's no interactivity between platforms. So a buyer on one application cannot buy from a seller or another. The buyer has to go and register in that other application or a seller on one cannot sell to a buyer on the other one. The seller has to go and register on that other application. So everything is taking place inside application. And while that has created a some degree of solution, after all the song and dance, after all the billions of dollars of investment and excitement and everything, the penetration of e-commerce is still in single digit percentages for a vast company like ours. Correct.
0: And, Correct.
1: When, and when the pandemic first hit and the only containment uh, method available at that time was to contain movement of people, that automatically raised the question that if for whatever reason you have to contain people's movement, how will they access essentials, foods, medicines, etc. So that was the genesis of the question that could we create a digital infrastructure that could allow anyone to buy and sell without having to physically interact. That That's the genesis and the purpose.
0: So how does this work, Srirish? Help me understand this. So I'm going to use Amazon as an analogy. So Amazon, you have to get onto the Amazon platform. If you're the buyer and I'm the seller and I'm, let's say, I'm selling pens and you want to buy a pen, both of us are on Amazon, you can buy my pens. Now, you're saying that in this case, even if the two of us, so now he'll help me understand this. If the two of us, how, how is this different from Amazon?
1: Okay. So, first, let me use a different analogy. First, then I will come to your analogy. Okay. okay. Let's look at the world of the internet. Right on internet there are two sides one side is publishing information the other side is consuming information right now perfect th- yes. those those who consume information do it through browsers you and i are for example chatting right now you are using a browser i am using a browser we may not even be using the same browser i don't know that yet but anyway we are we are on the net and we are both using mm-hmm. browsers and we are consuming services likewise there are people who are publishing services who are publishing information publishing content mm-hmm. now in order for me, if I wanted to publish a website, I can go to any website publisher, I can use a ready-made template, I can uh, have uh, you know somebody who's tech savvy to build one for me, whichever method I do, I just need to publish that site in one place. And all the consumers on all the browsers in the world can see that site. I don't need mm-hmm. to specifically go and register on a particular browser on a particular uh, user platform, right? Mm-hmm. Same the other way around. So, All the websites in the world, it doesn't matter which browser I'm on, I can see all the websites. It doesn't matter which company published which website. For me, the the entire universe is one. Now, e-commerce doesn't function that way. E-commerce, everything is inside. So both Hmm. the sites, the consumer and the provider, both need to be present in that particular platform. Otherwise, they can't see each other. Now, Hmm. Now, let me use the equivalent. Many companies have an intranet. Hmm. In the intranet, only the employees of the company can post and only the employees of the company can see. Right. Now, Im- now e-commerce is like a universe of intranets. Everything is taking place inside and nothing is taking place in between.
0: Got it. Okay.
1: So, Amazon is one example of an intranet of commerce.
0: Correct, correct,
1: correct. Both parties need to be in there. Okay. Now, what happens with the intranet world of commerce is that commerce is taking place inside as part of their own business goals everybody wants to become big so therefore they deploy business practices to acquire large number of buyers and large number of sellers and that's where Mm -hmm. commerce takes place now what also happens is that as as a few entities start to grow then that also automatically starts becoming a barrier of entry for others which is why Mm -hmm. no matter which arena you go you'll see a, a few uh, two, three, maybe max four large players. So if you look at booking of taxis, you'll see a couple of large applications. You want to order food, a couple of large applications. You want to book flight tickets, there are two, three, maybe max four uh, significant players. If you look at household goods, again, similar. So what happens is that the the entire thing starts to gravitate towards a few intranets and their closed systems. Now, Hmm. would we rather have a world which is full of multiple intranets or would we rather have an internet where everyone can see everyone? Then it doesn't matter who's bringing the consumers of that and who's bringing the providers of that. Everybody is pulling them in and everyone can see everyone. So, ONDC is the idea of everybody pulling in buyers and sellers into a single place. Nobody owns them. Nobody uh, controls them. And people are free to operate as buyers and sellers on whichever way they want to operate. So let's look at it first from a seller perspective. A seller is interested in e-commerce because they want to access large number of buyers. Correct. Today, they have a a trade-off to do. Either they become part of a platform where there are large number of buyers, but then they have to obey the rules of the platform and the platform controls how the consumers are going to see them. And mm. there are you know, commercial considerations and, and processes involved with that. Mm. Uh, so uh, including certain things that can be a financial burden. So I can send the perfectly correct product to the correct customer in time. And yet that customer could say I no longer want it and I have to take it back and pay for its return journey. And maybe I can't even resell it once that happens. Right? Now, that's an additional cost that I have to bear as part of being part of this large network because I'm having access to large number of buyers. Now, on ONDC, once people have pooled in buyers and sellers, I, as a seller, do not need to be on any particular size of platform. Right? So, let me go back to my internet example. If I'm publishing a website, honestly, I don't even know the website publisher that I'm using. Are they the world's largest? Are they the world's smallest? Are they somewhere in the middle? Are they in the upper quartile, bottom quintile? I don't even know because it doesn't matter. Right. When, when, it, when it's an open network and all parties of one kind can see all parties of the other kind, the size and scale of the entity through which I'm connected becomes irrelevant.
2: Wow,
0: correct.
1: That's the democratization. So now I no longer am dependent on any particular size of player. Now I can choose what terms and conditions I want. So if I want to publish my website, I will find the website publisher with whom I can work with, who maybe has the right template so it makes it easy for me, whose commercial terms I can work with. Hmm. And, And no website publisher can say that only if you publish through me, can you access a certain number of readers of the internet? You can't, because Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. is open. So that Mm -hmm. is what will happen in Open DC, that no publisher of seller uh, catalogs can claim that only through me you can access large number of sellers. Therefore, you need to follow my terms and conditions because the seller can just simply go to a different way to connect to ONDC, still access the same number of buyers and operate on their own terms and conditions. So now a seller can declare what terms and conditions they are comfortable with.
0: How does ONDC make money?
1: ONDC does not need to make money because ONDC is a not-for-profit organization. Okay. So ONDC is a Section 8 company. It's a private sector company created at the behest of the government but it's a private sector company and not for profit so we have an infusion of funds that will see us through initial two three years at least maybe more and uh, uh, during that time uh, the network will scale up once the network is large In the outer years for sustainability and just basically covering our expenses, we may have a very, very small charge. We've not yet determined that we've we've floated a few thoughts, which the network participants were supportive of, but we have not implemented that. So right now, ONDC services are free and they will be for a Mm -hmm. while. We're not in a hurry to start charging. Uh, but it's a not for profit organization because we are merely providing the infrastructure so so think wow. about it think about it like a, a company that builds highways so we we've, we've got infusion of capital to be able to build highways once it's built over the, for the longer term for just for maintenance purposes we might levy a small toll but other than that the 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 highway is available whether you want to create a bicycle and ride on it you want to create an auto rickshaw and ride on it you want to create a cab and ride on it You want to use private cars, you want to use buses, trucks, whatever vehicle you want to create, the highway is available. So that's the idea, that we create a commerce highway, which allows any kind of entity to create whatever commercial activity they want to participate in and be able to operate like the internet. So the internet doesn't determine what kind of activity you will do on the internet.
2: Wow.
0: So now just help us open our eyes up to the possibilities of this, Shirish. Like, I think the possibilities of this are so huge, I mean, it's entirely dependent on one's imagination because we're so we're so attuned to thinking in terms of platforms like Amazon today. What implications will this have now on our everyday lives?
1: So, first is everything that you can do in e-commerce platforms today, you will be able to do on ONDC as well. But in addition, because of its unbundled uh, approach you can actually create now new combinations. So think about it like uh, you, know, you know models that you buy We're, uh, as, as kids. Some of us, at least, uh, used to buy these model ship or model plane and we would take out all the parts and glue them together and build that plane or build that ship. But it could only okay. build that particular plane or that ship. Now, instead, if you have Lego bricks, you can one day decide to build a plane, another day you can decide to build a ship, third day you can decide to build a house with exactly the same bricks by just recombining them differently. So that's the idea about ONDC, that instead of building finished items, molded finished items, which can only be that, we allow people to create bricks and we've only created the protocol. So in Lego, you have these circular things that allow pieces to connect to each other.
0: Correct, correct, correct.
1: So that's quote unquote the Lego protocol. Any brick that has those circular things can connect with any other brick that can accept those circular things. So we've created the commerce protocol that will allow any two parties to interact. So now let me give you a few example use cases, but you're right. It's all dependent on your imagination. And so I'm giving you only one person imagination. Imagine when a billion people imagine what all is possible and therefore what could take place. So first I I explain that today, commerce takes place platform by platform. We do different activities in different places. Now, if I'm going on a holiday... I I want to buy a different size suitcase because I don't want to carry too much stuff, but I don't want to carry too little. So I just need that right side suitcase. I want to buy a particular suitcase. I also want okay. to buy my favorite snacks to take along. I want to book a flight ticket. I want to book a hotel room. I also, when I'm going to the airport, I also want to book a cab. Why should I have to go to four different applications to do this? I'm not the same person, me. So now on ONDC, I will have many buyer applications, and we'll get to that subject in a minute. But through any one buyer application, just through, from the same application, I'll be able to do all four. All four. I'll be able to buy my suitcase, my snack, my flight ticket, book my hotel room, and my cab. Check out, and I'm done. Now this use this use case doesn't exist today. That's so. That's just one example of the building block approach. Right?
0: I said, you know, today Google has intimate details on me. Similarly, so you're buying all of your requirements from ONDC, your snack, your hotel ticket, your blah, your blah, your blah. Will ONDC then be in a position to leverage all of that information and start targeting uh, ads and uh, use that information in various ways?
1: So, ONDC will keep no information. Let's just take that example, right? Let's say uh, that you had a suitcase of 5,000 rupees, a flight ticket of 10,000 rupees, so that's 15. A hotel room for three days, let's say that cost you 30,000. So, that's another uh, 30 plus 15, 45. And the cab is a rounding error. So, let's say you have a total 45,000 expense. Now, at best, ONDC might know that there was a transaction worth 45,000 rupees and the and they will only know two applications involved. So, we will know the buyer application you were using that was involved. And the seller applications that in case there are more than one, then all of them that were involved in this total of 45. We will not know what you bought for 45,000. Did you buy a holiday set of items? Did you buy a television? Did you buy, you know, a very, very expensive uh, designer dress?
2: But
0: now you do know that this person can afford items worth 45,000. And so...
1: We don't know if it is a person. I, we don't know if it's a person. It could be a company. We have no idea who the buyer was we just know that a transaction took place because should there be a question in future we'll have traceability on which transaction was referred to and which parties were involved
0: no but this transaction was all paid for via uh, you know the credit card or a debit card and uh, all of that
1: ondc would not know how you paid ondc would not know how you paid so you would you you would pay either in the buyer application if the buyer application is ready to accept your payment but there could be instances where buyer applications don't want to deal with the money. They may ask you to pay directly to the seller application. So with one of those two applications, whatever payment tools they've embedded, whether net banking, credit card, UPI, whatever method they've embedded, the buyer pays the money in that. We have no idea who was the payer. We have no idea what the tool was. We will just know that there was a transaction at this particular time between these two applications.
0: Wow. That sounds too
1: And that's a deliberate choice. That's a deliberate choice. We do not want to keep that data. I see. Yeah. So now the buyer application on which you are, as as happens today, that buyer application will have access to your information and whatever history. But the, but the important thing is that because it's an open network, if you choose to do your purchases through different applications, you will still be able to do buy anything from any application. It's like, you know, I, I browse certain websites through one browser and certain other websites through another browser. So one browser does not know my browsing activity on the other browser.
0: Yeah, but that's typically not the case. Give me an example, Shirish, of a buyer application. So, let's see, in exactly this example, if I had to go out and buy all of these things, hotel ticket, cab, uh, flight ticket, snacks, etc., what could an example of a buyer application be?
1: Okay, so today we have four buyer applications that are already live. Users in Bangalore City can use any one of these four. Uh, The products that are available today are grocery and restaurants
0: okay give me when you say four buyer applications
1: what are those four buyer applications yeah i'm i'm just coming to you. so one is paytm the the payment application that we are familiar with this is not a new application it's the same paytm so just the way paytm allows you to load your wallet pay your electricity bill buy a highway tag etc cetera, etc cetera, in that one of the uh, access points allows you to shop on ONDC as well exactly the same app so users of paytm in bangalore have not had to download a new application They just have a new pointer in their existing application that now takes them to ONDC shopping. So that's Mm. one example. Another is a completely new application. So, IDFC Bank has built a completely new application and that's available. Then there's a company called MyStore that has built a buyer application. So, today users in Bangalore can use any of these applications and be able to shop on ONDC. Okay. Okay. These are universal. Now, today, We have only two categories available in Bangalore, which is grocery and restaurants. Very soon, we will have apparel. We will have electronics. We will have other items also. So when that, all that have, travel as well. And so when that happens, through Paytm, you would be able to buy all these. Or through IDFC, you will be able to buy all these. Or through my store, you will be able to buy all these.
0: And eventually, the the intent would be to have all banks to expand the number of applications to expand the number of avenues through which a consumer can pay to as much as possible so that you are able to bring more and more people onto this.
1: Not just banks, not just banks. Anybody who has any kind of a user base can become a buyer application. So banks, obviously, and they've begun, telecom companies can do that. Messaging applications can do that. Social media companies can do that. Media companies can do that. Any one of them or all of them can become buyer applications. So right now we're in conversation with more than 300 organizations who are joining the network as a buyer or a seller application.
0: And their, um, uh, what would be their draw to join this application? Basically, it's just about the, the vast potential of increase in e-commerce that would help everyone grow.
1: Correct. It's additional revenue stream. So any business wants to juice their assets to grow revenue. Ideally, you want more revenue out of existing assets rather than investing in fresh assets. Hmm. So now that you've invested in acquiring users or sellers, as the case may be, why would you restrict the the transaction you could generate through them? So let's say if you're a payment application today, you are helping Hmm. them do payments where where the earnings are fairly limited. And in fact, some of the transactions are also free. So how how do you earn? Now, with the same user base, you're now able to do e-commerce transactions and earn a a commission. You're getting additional revenue from users you already have. So there Hmm. there isn't even an acquisition cost now.
2: This is great, Shiresh. Tell me what else should I be asking you? It's actually,
0: you know, it's a concept that's so new to the world that it's difficult to even imagine what all it's like when there was no amazon you couldn't imagine a world with amazon you wouldn't imagine that you know or the likes of this zepto and blinkit and all you wouldn't ever think that if i need a bread in the middle of the night i could actually order it and land up in 10 minutes
1: yes so uh, there are there are few other kind of parallels that i could offer and again this is going to evolve so so first parallel let me offer is the camera on a mobile phone uh the camera i think came in late 90s or early 2000s uh, somebody can look up the excel date. now when it first came it was a very basic camera 640 by 480 pixel i think at the back you could only take daylight pictures and that was it Right. little by little that camera's capability grew people were using apps they were looking at their phone so somebody decided to put a camera in the front too you could have mirror applications etc then internet on mobile started to do well we went from 0G, to 1G, to 2G, to 3G, now soon we'll have 5G. So now that you have a front camera, and now you have high internet speeds, you can do video conferencing. I still remember when you had to go to a specific video conferencing location. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> there was a major you know, dial up and connection and you know, only then, and you had to book that time. Now you can do it off your phone. So when the first camera came, I don't think anybody was thinking about video conferencing when they were thinking like, They this is just some easy picture that you can shoot and share. So, how a capability grows happens with time and capability and imagination. Tomorrow, who knows what cameras might be able to do on on phones. Uh, The same cameras also, by the way, allow you to scan QR codes and make UPI payments. That's also now uh, a use of the camera. So, uh, things will evolve. Even with ONDC, things will evolve over time and new and new uh, use cases will get formed.
2: Tell
0: me something for my local Kirana shop, the guy who I have right here next to my house, who has a small limited assortment, but that's good enough for me because I pick up the phone on him and I tell him, Bhaiya, you know, how would it change life for the two of us? So right now, the way we work is I call him up. I tell him yeh, yeh bhej do. he sends his guy. He sends a little parcha, which has the then I collect the purchase at the end of the month. I make the payment to him. How would life for the two of us become easier
1: with ONDC? Okay, so let's separate the two parts, which is the ordering part, and then your uh, financial arrangement with them as, as two separate bits. Now, in terms of ordering, today when we order on large platforms, we la- invariably hit sellers we have no idea who they are, and we sort of look at their reputation and sort of trust the network to help us navigate. But yeah, and and we work up. Correct,
2: correct. Number of reviews, yeah.
1: Now, on ONDC, you can choose to shop from your neighborhood and you will see the neighborhood stores. You can actually select from your neighborhood restaurants, your neighborhood stores. You can book in your neighborhood salon. You will be able to shop from your neighborhood perspective. In order to help that, one is, of course, you could search uh, by proximity and you'll actually see store names, not just uh, products uh, to be able to have that journey. But you could also have the way you have QR codes for payments today inside stores. Each store has their own unique QR code. Each store will have their own unique catalog QR code as well. So they can just send you, hey Vani, this is my uh, QR code, just save it anytime you want to order whatever you order. Just use this QR code and place the order. So now you do not have to wait for his phone to be free or him to be available near the phone. Correct. You can place an order to him any point in time. In the middle of the night, you say, oh, tomorrow morning, I'll need this, but I'll be at work. I may not remember. You can just place that order on him in the night. He will wake up in the morning. His seller application will send him a notification saying, Vani has uh, this. App. At that time, he'll accept the order. And he will then figure out how to deliver. He can send his own delivery person, have a third party delivery, do it. Hmm. So you will be able to do the ordering and transaction. Importantly, he will now have a, sometimes they remember, right? Now, he will he will have a ready reminder and he can choose to do, if his seller application has enabled it, that, oh, it's the fifth of the month, Vani has still not placed her monthly order. He could trigger a reminder to you saying, hey, whatever Kirana store is waiting for your order this month. And, uh, and if you say yes, he will just pick your shopping list from history and send it to you. And he won't forget an item
0: because he has all of that information so so i not only have so i can not only place orders with him i also have access to everything that he sells in his shop because it will all be cataloged correct this would mean that he should be adequately educated to even be able to catalog no how will he do that
1: So he doesn't need to do it because the seller applications, even today, the sellers who are on the network have not done the cataloging and digitizing themselves. It's the seller applications who have onboarded them who have done that task. Now, right now, now the task is a little bit onerous, but we are building tools that will make it available. So let me cast your mind in future. And I do not know whether that future is one year away or three years away, but we are working hard to make it more one than three. Okay. Now, now picture the just the way retailers selling to consumers, which is the conversation we've just had. Similarly, picture company distributors selling to retailers. All of them also on uh, ONDC. So now a retailer is doing all their buying on ONDC from company distributors and selling to you. So the same same retailer. Is buying Colgate products from the Colgate distributor, Unilever products from the Unilever distributor, JJ products from the J&J distributor, PNG products from the PNG distributor, Marico products from the Marico distributor, Dabur Dar- products from Dabur distributor, ITC products from ITC distributor, etc. So, retail is buying them. If he's buying them digitally, the digital transaction can update his inventory in real time. He doesn't need to lift a finger. Just his act of ordering will automatically update it. Correct. Right. So, So, there is some initial work involved. Now, we are also working with companies to build master catalogs so that even the initial creation can become easy and consistent. We have standard taxonomy, which is the product hierarchy on how the sequence should be organized. And so, everybody in that industry will follow that same taxonomy and will have a uniform way of discovering products.
0: Wow. So, this opens up a whole lot of uh, avenues for business for uh, all of these various service providers who will make ONDC effective.
1: Correct. So everybody, the idea is that there's the building blocks idea, right? So everybody builds whichever block they can sustain and contributes it to the network. So sometimes you might need this 10 minute high speed bike ridden delivery. Sometimes you may be okay with the free bicycle ridden delivery or you might want, now we are used, here's another use case, right? We are used to shopping to a location, It could be our home location, it could be our office location, it could be location of a friend or a relative who we are sending a gift to, but it's still a location. Correct. Everything goes to a fixed location. Now, what if I want to shop to a moving location, not to a fixed location?
0: What does that mean? Like I'm on the way to Corbett and I want you to deliver my guavas at such and such point when I reach here.
1: Well, it could be, that's still a location because that's a destination location, right? Now, let's say I'm going from office to the airport to catch a flight. I realize I left my mobile charger at home. I have no opportunity to go home. Now, I can't wait around in the office because I'll miss my flight. I can't reach the airport and wait for a delivery person to show up because I I have to enter the airport and, and check in. Or also the delivery guy, if he comes before me, he may choose not to wait because he has other deliveries to do. So, now, what if I could give my route from my office to the airport as the input? And then I see mobile charger outlets along the way, which are no more than five-minute deviation from my route. So now I'm doing a, a, a mobile uh, location uh, or a route-based shopping. right? So that's another use case. Now, whoever builds this use case does ha- ha- doesn't have to find these sellers. The sellers are present on the network. All you have to do is create a, a digital integration that takes your travel plan as an input, geolocation of sellers on the network as, as the other input, and presents to you a combination of solutions for you to pick, and gives you time of departure from your main route to the airport as to, OK, this particular shop, that's seven minutes off your road. That one is 10 minutes off, this one, et cetera. And then you can look at those timings, and the ratings, and whatever you want to. Or you might even discover there's a shop inside the airport. Today, how will you discover shop inside the airport, unless the airport
2: creates? I
0: can do that on Google Maps.
1: Can you, can you find a shop inside the airport on Google Maps? And can you place an order?
0: No, I can't find a shop inside the airport. But on Google Maps, it will show me the shops along the way. Like if I were to zoom in enough, it like shows me.
1: And you know what they contain? No. Right. So if, uh, and some of, some even some brands keep updating their connectors, right? So let's say you're on the latest iPhone and you want to buy that iPhone charger. How do you know which of these shops have that particular model of the charger currently in stock? You can't afford for, to go to the shop and guy says, you don't have time for that. Right, 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 right. Uh, so I'm saying that knowing that a shop exists is insufficient information. Right. Given that, you're, given that you have limited time, who has that particular item that you're interested in, including the reputation of the store and that item? So... You, Right? We that you can't get from Google Maps today. Well, you might get reputation depending on, on how it is populated, but that's only providing part of the information. So right now you are in the act of making a commercial purchase. You need much more than information that the generic tools provide. Today you'll have to cobble together that information. So let's say you indeed use any mapping tool, map my India, yeah, Google Maps, whatever, and you you discover shops. Then you have to go to a search engine to say, okay, this shop, what is its reputation? What do they have? You may even need to call him saying, Ki, boss, you have this item. Now, you're having to do all these steps independently. What if you could just know that, okay, these are the three shops on your route which have this item. This is their distance from your main route and this is their rating.
0: But this will, on its own, it will massively also spawn, you know, a deeper penetration of SKU placement at every shop. I'm just imagining a simple use case for Unilever, for example. Or like when I was a brand manager on on Fardios, for example, the greatest challenge for any brand manager is just to make sure that every shop uh, carries the required assortment. I have seven different variants. I want every shop to carry all seven variants or as per the planogram. So which means in this, even if I'm a young brand manager, I may not want to buy, but on ONTC, I can check. These are the outlets on this route. And do they have X number of variants or not? is also a possibility
1: yes yes you can so you'll be able to do quote unquote the market visit via ONDC. yes fabulous this is a lot of
0: fun
1: yes it is a lot of fun and so we are able to you know uh, uh, have line of sight on a lot of things that are going to come onto the network but like my mobile camera example we only see the first version of what's possible today when that is already available There will be a next set of things that will be possible. So, this will be an ever-evolving, changing landscape.
0: Okay, great. I can't think of anything else, Sharish. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us?
1: No, I think people should start looking for ways by which they can engage, come on board and become part of this transformation and contribute their ideas too. As I said, I'm one person with one imagination. I want a billion imaginations to be at play.
0: <laughs> I'm sure that's uh, not very far away, but this is fantastic, Sharish. It must be you must feel so 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 powerful and so 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 inspired to be building what you are building because, uh, like you said, one can't even imagine what what a billion people could imagine and what this could turn out to be. I mean, it's uh, I I don't think we're even hitting at the. At the A of the of the alphabet.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. But you know, the feeling is actually not one of being powerful. The the feeling really is about uh, enablement, right? So it's, it's not like
2: a. Or being small.
1: <laughs> no, that, that what what capabilities you're unleashing. So if you build the highway, does it make you powerful? It really doesn't make you powerful. But you're looking forward to who all can use it and travel on it.
0: No, I'm saying powerful in the sense of the kind of possibilities you're opening up. It must feel, it must feel so exciting, and uh, and it must feel so inspiring.
1: It does, and very satisfying. Looking at the kind of people who are now expressing interest in joining, it is extremely satisfying that we've been able to do this. So when small handloom makers also get excited, yeah, farmers, farmers get excited. That's when we know that we are creating something that's truly vast in its scope and, and democratic.
0: I think it should give a huge boost to the economy on various fronts, and it'll create a platform for equal commerce and for uh, it'll be especially especially useful for uh, SMEs to be able to showcase and to be able to do business. I mean, if we can actually give a fillip to all of our master craftsmen in various little corners of the country, because we keep talking about this, uh, you know, we, yeah. we we even the likes of us who wish to and would would like to have access to a lot, simply don't know where to find. And then life just takes over and you're going from day to day and you eventually end up buying the same stuff from the same shops. So, so this is fantastic.
1: But uh, you, to the point of craftsmen, now actually craftsmen can become brands. Yeah. Because now you you're not buying the generic item from the generic state. You can actually say, I want the one that is crafted by that particular craftsman. Mm-hmm. and you could potentially get it.
0: Fabulous, Sharish. Thank you so much. Big thank you. Thank you so much, Sharish.
1: Sure. Have a good day.
2: This episode was brought to you by Cherry Peach Plum. Vani and her team of marketers and problem solvers at Cherry Peach Plum help businesses solve a wide range of growth challenges by utilizing proven marketing playbooks. Get in touch with us via cherrypeachplum.in if you want to take your brand to the next level.
0: I hope you liked my show. And if you did, please do consider subscribing. I also have a YouTube channel by the same name, Marketing by Vani. Please do check that out too. Thank you. (laughs) How badly can she screw up one line? (laughs) Okay. So I did screw up. My YouTube channel is called Marketing with Vani, the same name as this podcast.